Making sure we're not blowing it out. Blah, 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 blah. All right, man. You go say something. Cool, we're hot. Oh, you're loud. All right, chat. All right, how we doing? Yep, you're Everything good. good? Mm -hmm. All right, cool. Hey, guys, welcome back. Yeah, I'm going to record it. Okay. Ready? What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Just Episode of Podcasts. Coming to you live from the hotel after day two of the uh, Precision 101 with, with Frank and Mark. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't even know what we call it. Just We yeah. call it sniper side precision rifle class. But up in Alaska, we call it Alaska Precision Rifle. Right. It's got we don't a even have a name. Name tag on yeah, it. Yeah, we don't right. even have a name. We don't, it's, yeah. it's the Frank and Mark Show. Yes, yeah, what hey, the Frank and Mark Show. That's it works. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's actually like you y'all mentioned, it was it's more like a PR one oh one point five because yeah. we got an extra day to uh, to do some cool stuff. So um, yeah, so how was y'all's trip in? How's your trip in? Oh, it wasn't too bad. I mean, this whole COVID crap is a pain in the neck, so the flights suck. Um, you know, you just got to sit there with your face covered. But other than that, I mean, we a little shitty weather, but, uh, you know, it's not a lot of drama. Yeah. So day one for me driving in, so uh, everything was fine until Nashville, and then Trump flew into oh, Nashville. Oh, Mark hit that. I didn't realize until didn't that know. night that that's what that was. I thought it was a wreck or some shit. Mark came straight from Mississippi, because he flew into Memphis, went to Mississippi, picked up his Hummer, um, and then his mom lives in Mississippi. Then he came straight from there to the airport to come get me. I flew in when Trump and everybody was here, so he hit that traffic to come get me. And luckily it worked out just about right. But yeah, he hit that coming because um, they closed off all the exits and everything. Yeah. When Trump and Biden were here. For yeah, the, um, the end of the, the, the debate. The debate. Um, I, I, I had about like a, a literal... I went maybe 200 yards in 40 minutes. Yeah, that's what he was doing. It was fucking... Unreal. I, I I thought it's hey we're in Nashville, the big city, Highway 40. I'm coming on like an on ramp, and underneath an overpass. I'm thinking it's just shit traffic or a wreck because I had like five or six patrol cars, lights, sirens on, yes. coming beside me on up on the uh, on the shoulder, and I was like, oh fuck, someone's is a wreck. And I'm literally 30 minutes, 25 minutes from here, here from the yeah. hotel. I'm like, god damn it. So we get, I get through that, and then I'm literally 18 minutes from here, and I hear a loud boom, a pop, like I ran over something, and then my truck starts going beep, 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 and it's showing my air pressure, or my front right tire, goes from 40 PSI to 30, 28, 21. <laughs> I said, oh my God, what the fuck? And so I pulled, there was luckily an exit right there, pulled off, and there was a gas station right at the end of the exit, Pull straight to the air pump. I get out. It's on the rim. I'm like, son of a bitch. And it's not a blowout. It, it, it I ran over something. Oh, and it and like bent I, the rim out away from the bead? No, it was fine. It was just flat. It was just flat and sitting on the ground. So mm. By the time I, like, perfect time and got to the pump, it had just, that was it. They were all gone. Yep. And so, and I have, I was like, God damn it. I got AAA, but I look at it. Now, mind you, before I left, I, this is my, I drive my dad's truck, my shit, my, I'm getting a new transmission as we speak right now, getting put in. Um, so I drove his truck and he had a, a screw in his back tire. This is the front tire it happened to. Screw in the back tire uh, for like, who knows how long, like six, seven months. He's too lazy to take it somewhere and get fucking <laughs> air put in. So he puts, or to get it patched or plugged. So he puts air in it once a week. So that's what I've been doing. And then uh, I decided I'm gonna, I'm gonna plug it before I get on the road. I plugged it at the house. I threw the plug kit in my toolbox. And when I was packing up the truck to leave, I was like, you know what? 
just the, the thing the plugs holding there I'm gonna put my air pump in there just in case mm -hmm. you know, put it in there so I, I'm like all right cool I'm at an air pump now this front tire that's flat I see a hole in the tires dead center of the tire I said huh so I take the plug kit out and you know the one that like mm -hmm. reams the hole out it goes straight in like <laughs> there's no resistance at all I have no idea what I ran over and I was like all right well that makes this easy and so I plugged it thinking I might have to double plug it and I'll put the money in the fucking air the air pump, air pump cut on. I go to put it on the damn thing is chuck, all messed up. The chuck it won't compress the, the stem inside the the tire valve, and I was like, son of a bitch. Oh, I brought my air pump, and so thank God I put that thing on there. It takes forever, but I pumped it up, and she held air. I sprayed it with some some shit I had in the toolbox, and it it held air. So it got me here, and uh, so no problem since then. Uh, we get here. Everybody gets checked in. We kind of all get in here at the same time. Uh, my, my reservation got lost somehow. <laughs> and so they had extra room, so they got me. Um, and then we uh, we met at the uh, at O'Charlie's here mm -hmm. in the parking lot at 6, and we had a good time. Everybody got to know everybody. And then we went back to the parking lot in front of the hotel for beers. And me and a couple other dudes in the class, we shut it down. Like We <laughs> shut the parking lot down. It, nice, was, nice. it was late. I get to my room, you know, pretty fucking buzzed and shit. Time to go to sleep. And I did not sleep all night long. So I literally, I saw you, every you, hour. You, dude, you were whipped dog shit yesterday. You look bad. Dinner time was the worst. But I, 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 I was so fucking beat. I was doing okay in the class as far as that goes. I kind of got like a second wind. And then got the dinner. And I finally said, fuck it, I'm tapping out. I got my shit to go. Then I took two bites of my shit. I was like, I got to go to bed. I got my stuff in a box, went back. I don't even remember getting the hotel room. <laughs> I don't even remember going to bed, but I went to bed. It's probably like 7. I woke up when my alarm went off for the class at like 6.30 today. Nice. So it was, I, today I felt like a million fucking bucks. But yesterday in the class, we um, we did uh, basically a zero check. Mm -hmm. Everybody, everybody's at 100, shooting groups at 100. But well, we do the eval first. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. eval in the morning, and then we do the class. And then yeah yeah we we just because of the movement we stayed at a hundred yesterday and did that and that's yeah. mainly because the movement in the range is pain in the neck some a bit um, and, and we clean up people tweak some stuff find you know identify equipment issues and different things and and, and move some stuff around for for guys uh, you know and, and the groundwork lays the foundation for like what we did today when you see the groups on those little bitty plates we we don't have a lot of drama with people. So if we could put in the groundwork and beat on some people and fix their trigger controls and things like that and tighten the groups up, we don't see any issues when we go out. What do you think yesterday? So the way it works is when they're doing the eval, you've got Mark on one side of it and you've got Frank on the other. So they're both looking from both sides of the rifle and they have the same, basically, a check sheet with what an outcome of whatever that fundamental is of is it good yeah, it bad? Might, it, our checklist has 19 points on it mm -hmm. and, and it, everything from natural point of aim are your heels down you know um trigger control did you tap it slap it jerk it you know that kind of stuff did you follow through or didn't you follow through um what else are some of the things i don't have a list in front of me to, to rattle off all 19 of them but um we do we're loading the bipod Support hand, rear bag, you know, all those different things are in there. And it would, we nitpick. I mean, you'd be able to tell. You're, you're supposed to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to. we don't phone it in, dude. We, yeah. you, you, you can kind of explain to people because you saw us wrenching on guys and 
I mean, it's probably better for coming from you than me. But, yeah, um, it was. And, and, and everything that I saw uh, about about me specifically, I mean, I knew the one thing that in particular was my trigger finger, I, like we talked about, was in that first knuckle. I was mm-hmm. putting my finger basically too deep into the trigger well, pulling on that in that first joint. And uh, later, after the after the um, the the classroom setting, we went back out to shoot groups and all that stuff. Uh, me and and Mark basically uh, figured, hey, your my length of pull is too short. Mm. That's why I'm I'm encroaching on that trigger so far because I'm so far on it. My wrist is crinkled. crooked. I've never mentioned that. Yeah, and so we moved the length of pull back. And then, well, when we did that, well, then my scope, I, I had nothing but scope shadows. Mm-hmm. So we had to move my scope back towards me one uh, one or two sections of the pick rail. That's and, pretty common with the PRS guys because you tend to get a little lower and get on stuff. So you're crept forward, which pushes your scope forward a bit. And um, because of positional, right. you want it short. Short helps in the positional. Yeah. And so that's, that's, a, that's a, a, a... Trying to find that middle right. ground where right. it, you're not focusing or not... I found it too. We did the class in Nebraska. This was interesting. Um, and, and we did this whole thing and, and we had somebody in the class. And of course, we can't see what the people see through. Sure. So then we went to tripods. And we were all shooting off of tripods. And this particular shooter lost the sight picture when they went to the tripod. And what had happened was they kind of choked up in the prone. When they got put in the tripod and they went into a more natural place and we start to identify these things and you, and you look at it, that's the hardest thing to find because um, we can't see what you see. Sure. You know, and, and that's like now with the with, with yanking all the scopes. That was the other thing we did. We scope test everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, about four people in a class of 13 had cants in the rings. Right. And so we had to fix that. And so that's one way we found to identify canted reticles. And we're finding about four every class. Well, mine, mine was. Well, oh, I didn't know that. I yeah, mine, mine was. So we had to move mine. They remember you were tightening the ring on it when I was, uh, you know, when we had it on the uh, the, um, the, the level. The yeah, level, yeah. yeah. So, but the reason why maybe, and y'all asked at the beginning, hey, does anybody have a... Natural a, cant. A purposefully put in cant for the rifle. I didn't know that I did. I basically, when I, I mounted my scope um, forever ago on that, because I haven't moved it since, but I put the rifle where it felt comfortable. Was that rifle level or not? I don't know, but it felt comfortable. But I have a plumb line set up in my reloading room. Mm-hmm. And you know the indoor dry fire and training system? Mm-hmm. What do you have? So I use the, the lens cap with that so I can back that parallax down and I can see because my plumb line is hanging right to the right of my target there. And I use that plumb line. Uh, to then okay that looks good and put it in or whatever and so I didn't know that there was so I don't think I've been fighting uh, a canted scope because Mm-mm. well that's where I now and it was pretty it. small wasn't it, it was yeah almost, it wasn't much it wasn't yeah, much yeah but we straightened it up we straightened it up and then I had to re zero um, but so how many how many scopes yesterday just if I don't remember off the top of your head but how many scopes yesterday do you think were not tracking properly um I. I I think we only had a, like one or two 99s, didn't we? Because we all have all high-end scopes here. Yeah. I think Mark said there was only one or two, and they were in the 99s. Which is... Spec. Two, 2% spec Yeah. is how we look at it. If you're within 98, you're spec. In right. software, can fix it. It's not a big deal. It's two-tenths at, you know, 10 mils. Sure, yeah. Um, 
So it, it, it's it's not a big big deal um, to be in the 99. So I don't look at like a 98 percent as a failure. We have had 94s, 92s. 92s. We've had 89s. Um, we've had worse too. We've had one that had to go back immediately. Uh, like Mark told the story of the one that um, we dialed 48 into it, and it only moved 29. Holy shit! It was brand new out of the box. The guy got it for the class. A loophole. Yeah, yeah, it would, but it, you know, <laughs> we don't mind to say too much because they can get you on that. But um, yes, it was. But they, but now we talked to them and they took care of the kid and hooked them right up. Yeah. And in fact, it it worked in his favor because he didn't know better. He was a new new shooter getting into this. He bought an MOA. Yeah. And when he turned it in, they gave him a mill. So he ended on purpose up, or on accident? No, no, on purpose. They, okay. he, he said, "Hey, he, okay. I don't want the MOA version that I did buy. Yeah, can you give me a mill version in, in exchange?" And yeah. Leopold well, was like, it really Absolutely. makes no difference right. to them. It doesn't. But they they were super. Um, their their customer service was top notch for this guy. Awesome. And so that's what you want. You don't want to hear that. Yeah, that's yeah. what you want to hear. No, we don't ever get big failures. Usually, I mean. Once in a while, a guy shows up with a 299er or shows up with a thing. I mean, we usually, this is an anomaly the way we travel by air. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't have a lot of resources. But like when we travel by car, we have shit in the car. You know, when I go up to Alaska and fly up there, Mark's got a shop, he's got the van, and we have resources. You right. know, like one of the things with the rear bags we were talking about. Mm-hmm. If somebody had a scope that didn't work or broke or something, that typically got a night force. We have backups. Yeah, yeah I have a I have an NXS I use, and then I like for me I use three as backups. I have an older night force NXS that's just bulletproof. Is it the thirty fifteen F one? Yeah, I think it, it is. A F1. I had one. I love. I, I'm so and, mad um, I got rid of that scope. I do a SW a SWFA Super Sniper five to twenty five is I my one of those. Own. Loved it too. They always work. And then um, I'm using the SIGs right now, the, uh, the, the Tango uh, Six. Tangos, yeah. Yeah, that one's been working really well for me, so I use that guy. And we keep them in rings and mounted up. But everybody's got good equipment in this class, you know. Yeah, I mean, other than we had to move David, the other David, his rings were too low. Yeah. So last night he went on the way we got done mm-hmm. before coming back to the hotel. He went and they went and got some rings and a, and a mount because those were like the tally. Tight direct mount to the receiver. Yeah, the hunting ones that went really yeah. low and down. I mean, people. Well, knowing that you can get those two rings canted to each other to where they're not in line. That's why I got that true and bar for those type of scope rings, right? Oh yeah, they yeah. They got those in there because sometimes if you just throw those bad boys on, you can have one ring uh, torqued a little, torqued to the right, and the other one maybe straight or torqued to the left or whatever. So they got so a whole lot can go wrong with those rings. Yeah, and these were the hunting setup, and, and part of the thing is. It's it's the game of telephone, right. okay? Everybody kind of blends all this stuff in. Everybody wants low, 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 low. And now, with like these rifles, the way we're shooting, the, the stocks and everything that we're looking at, super low is not good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we've actually, we fixed the guy last time we were here. He had a Teak Attack A1. He had a, a Night Force Attacker 735. And he was having problems with it. It wasn't working. It wasn't tracking right. right. It, was, it was acting... Fucked up. And we're like, man, this is weird for an attacker. Night forces are good. You know, we don't ever have drama. It's ra- rare to ever hear anything wrong with his night forces. His tenebrex was hitting the top of his rail, the monolithic rail, the pick rail. It was binding it. In, uh, when he shot. So under recoil, the movement of the rifle and the thing, 
His tenebrex was that close to the top of his handguard. Right, it was that low. And it, he, uh, yeah, could you slip a dollar bill between it? Absolutely. But under recoil, under, shit's moving. It's moving, and it, it, it was bending the tube a little bit on him. And yeah, so take he, the tenebrex caps off, and right, he had more room. Running. We yeah. ended up pulling the sunshade off and doing it. And in fact, the funny thing is, when we, I went to take his sunshade off, the whole objective was coming, and Holy that shit. was a a. Yeah. One of those things, and I was able to screw it back in and then hold the objective part and then unscrew the sunshade and get that off. And then being back that little bit with the sunshade off, he had a little bit more clearance, and we just didn't put the tenebrex back on. Yeah. You know, so we gave him a quarter of an inch of clearance instead of the 16th he was running. Right. And too low rolls your head over. Absolutely. And so that's the, we bring the bipod up. And we bring the scopes up a little bit when, if you have to. You can't always. People bring what they bring. But that helps catch people's heads straight. Yeah, well, and you know, you, really, too low or even just low, you you take away possible adjustability to mm-hmm. you. You get them high, well, and most rifles, at least precision rifles, they have, whether it be like a manor stock or some type of chassis, uh, everybody has adjustable cone cheeks, pieces. Yeah, we got plenty of room so in our cheeks. So you've got all the room you want going up. But you don't can't go but so low, mm-hmm. and so then that's when, like you said, the, the the head rollover comes into play, or or something fucked up happening, yeah. like the the tenebrex cap. So um, Mark Mark I think is going to write an article type thing on it because he's kind of identified this the the, the offset with your eye and your cheek, like a measurement. Yeah, he kind yeah. of has a oh, not a number, but he, he loves numbers. He does. He just wants to play with us because he, <laughs> he likes the fact he's from Mississippi. And he keeps saying the Mississippi math. You he know. doesn't sound like he's from Mississippi. No, well, because he hasn't been there for a hundred years. Right. But yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think he's been in, lived lived in Mississippi since prior to the Marine Corps. Right. Now, yeah. his mom still does, but like he lives in Anchorage. He you know military. He lived in Iowa. He was here. He was there. But um, so he likes to see, he likes to come up with something really smart and then go back and you know Mrs. Mississippi math Mississippi math and say it's you know my Mississippi education system yeah he's been, he's he's kind of coined me uh nicknamed me country, country. boy and uh he said that I, I mean that in an endearing way I said but that's the only way I take it someone mm-hmm. called me that so but yeah so um we we took the scopes off did the track uh track and test uh the the Vortex Gen 2 track 100% folks um and then uh we put them back on go back to zero uh, the majority of the calibers we got here are three oh eight. Almost all three oh eight. We only got like a couple six fives. Uh, well, Jen and Steve are six five. Fitz is six five, and that's it. The rest are three oh eight. Yep. Uh, one gas gun. Um, I'm the only six millimeter. Dude, he's dancing with that. Dude, gas that gun. he's it's an LMT. Yep. It's a good gun. He he he's shooting that gasser. Probably the best I've seen a student shoot one since rifles only days when we used to have. Entire cl- military classes and full, not gassers. Full we did all the DO, all the DOE's gasser stuff. We did all. I mean, hundreds of agents, Rangers, all three battalions, uh, SF SEALs, whatever. We, that those were gas gun shooters. And yeah, we, we did. I mean, I lived on a gas gun forever. Uh, Jeff is shooting that gasser like a bolt gun. Yeah, he's he's, he's making it his bitch for real. Oh, he's doing time. he's doing great with it. Um, and uh, we actually did the triple the triple tap today, the, yeah, the JP challenge. The JP at, challenge. At 675 or 650, which one was he it? He did 630. Six, at 6.30, my man got three shots off and had all three impacts before the first report came back. Yep. And that was all. I, I told Frank, 
there's no way he's going to do that at, at that yardage. That yardage is too short. And then I was like not thinking, well, that's a slow-ass 308. So, he's lobbing a yeah, softball out right, there. Yeah. So uh, me shooting the six mil yesterday, I was chasing my zero back uh, from us doing the adjustment of scope because my it was warm yesterday. Mm-hmm. It was warm yesterday, and my barrel was getting so hot because I'm the only six Creedmoor out there. And the mirage from my suppressor and my that heat sink, that suppressor, and my barrel, the target was moving. It, it, yeah, go ahead. I mean, it was just moving. And so I'd move up, and then it would go way higher than what I adjusted. And then I moved back down. It went way lower than what I adjusted. I finally put Took it up. to mirage. Yeah, from the mirage. So that I'm, at one point, I, I saw two red dots. Like, I saw two fucking targets. Um, and so I ended up taking the rifle and putting it like at a forty-five degree angle on a hill for the 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 heat to to oh, aid it coming out of the oh, muzzle. Plane, I have the data from proof. I have the cards that they did all their work. A plain stainless barrel will cool the slowest. Absolutely, Cerakote actually cools cool faster. faster. Yep. Yep. Um, and then I took wet. I took two rags out of my truck, dunked them in ice water, and just covered my suppressor and my barrel till it cooled down. And then actually then got a good zero on it. Yeah, yeah. So, and check. So, in that aspect, mean, all we did. With higher magnification scopes and stuff like we're running, I mean, look at the F-Class people. They run Mirage bands for a reason. Absolutely. Now, granted, they're doing 55s and 60s to 80 power scopes. In 20 round, or 10 round, 20 round strings right. too. But, you know, you think about it. You got a 28 inch barrel and they're doing the same thing. Stainless barrels because they burn them out and go through them and do all that. So, nobody bothers to put Cerakote on them. So they put Mirage bands on their gun because they know that Mirage is going to bite them at 55 power with a stainless barrel that's uncoated like that. So they'll, they'll stick a band out there. So if and the ultimate accuracy-based sports are Mirage band and a plain barrel, mm-hmm. you know there's something to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially those distances too. Yeah. A thousand yard F-class and, and bench rest, stuff like that. Um, but I, I felt good about my zero. I was good. And then we went on to do some drills uh, at 100 as well. Um, like a variation on the dot drills. Yeah. I did what I basically, um, like, Dave's an accomplished comp shooter. You know, he's out. Accomplished, well, but. you know what I mean. But he's fast. He does. He knows how this. And guys who shoot competitions are quick, you know, because there's clocks. There's times. They're, 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 they're thrown into that deep end really fast. And people who aren't interested in competition shooting... Or even on the LE side and, and things like that, they don't push speed. If you notice, even the LE guys who are shooting hammer, they're slow, methodical, one shot, one kill. Yeah, well, that goes hand in hand with what right, their, their mission is. But you still want that oh shit factor. So years ago, down at the Rifles Only days, I came up with the dot drill. And part of it starts off with the up and down. I mean, we would walk people in, so you go... All right, I'm going to put 21 dots down there, uh, one-inch dots. You can make them smaller, you can make them bigger, whatever, but a one-inch dot because we're not group shooters. Right. One shot, you know, one kill type of thing. So now you do your, your group, your kind of workup group is just one round per dot. And we'll give you a time limit. One minute for five shots, one round per dot. Okay, good. You got that. Then normally we go, like, we would do different order. I would say at then point, okay, the next row is going to be left-handed. One round per dot, left side. Then it's going to be a speed drill. One round per dot, 20 seconds, you know. Mm-hmm. And then after that is the up and down. 
Where you I like that. I enjoyed that. Yeah, that's that, kind and of that's my what wheelhouse. gets you on the gun and teaches you how to get on that gun, get the shot, not waste the time, and, and really do it. And the I think part of the way I can eliminate scars from that drill is to tell you not to speed out of it. Like, I went really fast when I showed you in and out. But I want you to go fast in, but then take your time coming out. Just right. so you're not, so you can go, once that shot's off, you can follow through and you know as soon as that trigger breaks, it's over. You're, it's over, it's relax. Over for you. yep. And so you do 15 seconds on the first dot, 12 seconds, 10 seconds, 8 seconds, 6 seconds. And so you're standing up, the gun, um, mag in, bolt back, gun pointed at the target, and just pointed at a paper board, really, yeah. with a wooden dot on it. And um, so it's not pointed at the dot, it's just pointed at the vicinity of the target. And then you drop from the standing directly to prone in those time limits. So the first one's 15 seconds, you drop down on the gun, close the bolt, take the shot. Then you come up, reset, then 12, 10, 8, and then 6. A lot of people, when they start out, 6 is pretty do. I mean, common. Or not, it's always doable, but... um. A lot of people are right at that six-second mark when, mm -hmm. when you start to get into it. Uh, then when people get faster, I've seen some threes. Wow. Yeah. That's moving. Yeah, really I mean, cranking. That's really just, just getting down in that mm -hmm. fast, like from standing is uh, saying something. Yeah, yeah. You know who used to be the fucking rock star of the dot drill? And I'm sure he's to this day, but the guy, he would win comps, and that's how he beat Tub one time at one of my matches. It's Terry Cross. Terry, well, Terry's a is a machine. He's an OG. Yeah, in yeah. this game, and is I mean, he would when he would show up to a match, he would literally butt fuck everyone. Every, you, if you, you, you just to a match, you saw Terry's name on the roster. You're like, fuck. <laughs> All right, well, I'm gonna shoot for second place. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> first place is out of the fucking question. We're gonna go for second here. Yeah, yeah. So, but the that drill is a good drill to help work with the speed, the accuracy. I mean, you could do. I, I, we were talking a little uh, earlier about KYLs and how it's yeah. you know, and now it's whatever TYL or whatever the fuck they. Well, call there's it. okay, there's two, there's both, there's always been both right. TYL and KYL. I still think the K, the original KYL should be in a damn. But, match. but I, we were saying I call I call them progressive racks now. Right. You know, I'm like a oh, progressive rack. They progressively get smaller. So you can do the dot drill in a progressive way, mm -hmm. and um, you know, let them the dots get smaller. Yeah. Right. You know, so that's, there's a lot you can do. Start out with a one inch dot, go to a half inch dot, you know, maybe you go one inch, three quarter, half inch down to three eighths, you know, something right. like that. But it's, it's, it's includes the movement, has the speed element to it, and then it puts back the precision and accuracy. Well, it, it still makes you, it still makes you apply the fundamentals, but try to apply them quick, faster. Yep. Yeah. I, mean, I really enjoy that's it. That's all that, that. Advanced, an advanced class is nothing more then the fundamentals quicker from an alternate position. Yep. And that's it. Yeah. What's your advanced class? It's just, you know, faster and off your belly or whatever. But it, it's 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 a bunch of that. And, and so, um, yeah, I mean, it's just you, you, you have such a variety of students. You know, you get somebody who just got their gun, like Robbie down on the end, and, and he just got his gun. He got a great gun and everything. Great dude. And, and, Love Robbie. You know, and then you got, you're on the other end of the spectrum, or even Ryan. Compare like a Ryan to a Robbie. And, and you're on other opposite ends of the spectrum. So the, the, the trick for me and Mark in and, and the classes is I have to make it interesting for you. I 
the same time, I got to worry about him, you know, and I got to make sure he's going to learn and I'm not bypassing him and going, ah, you're, you know, you're taking too long to get right. Yeah, and, Robbie's actually shooting No, he's shooting really, great. We got him tightened great. up, yeah. but we, we found out he had, we're like, he was all over when we got to steal, and, and he wasn't shooting great groups, but we, it was like, man, we really can't nail it down much. And we ended up putting Mark on the gun the first thing. And it turned out his uh, ocular was buried and his reticle was barely there. And Mark's like, you can't see this reticle. What are you doing? And, you know, so fix that because we can't see what you see unless right. we get on the gun. You know, well, and then, you physically can't see even getting on the rifle. You can't see because his eye is different than right, yours. Right. So you can't, literally can't see what he is seeing. Right. I have to know? guess, like Mark right. saying. Because Mark's well, he's going, like, there's no fucking way that right. you're seeing He's that. going like, wait a minute, we're about the same age, same height, you know, our eyes can't be that far off, dude. Yeah. You know, and that's when, and then come to find out, too, his front pick rail on his AX was loose, so he was getting the movement in the bipod. The bipod was fucked up. And, 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 and that's when we stopped him, and because and, I, I, after that 200-yard target, I don't know if you saw him, he was all over. And we're like, oh, dude, something's wrong. And yeah, he was we, high on one, low, low on the other Sky another one. No para He didn't adjust his parallax. He he he, he the oc he couldn't see his reticle. There was like four things that from yesterday today he never translated to us. Right. And you know, well, it's almost like he didn't know that something was wrong. Right. So you you it's hard for you as an instructor to know that something is really, y'all done a good job at, at nailing that down because y'all seen it all. So, mm -hmm. uh, but when I tell you when y'all fixed him. It's completely changed him. He he fucking rocked it today. Yeah. We've got an AX, man. He's stacking. Yeah. There's like, what, seven AIs in this class? Yeah, I think easily. seven or eight AIs in this class. It's, mm -hmm. it's nice. Um, yeah, me and Ryan Even are. Even the always, savages are working. The savages <laughs> are working now, now. But they're a little. They're not stock savages. No. But they're but still savages. I, I hope they. I hope Steven and Jen do get different uh, guns because just watching watching Jen cycle the bolt. It's clunky. It's so clunky, and it's I, I, I'm I'm to the right of her on the line, and when I it's, when I'm not shooting, I'm standing up just to save my back. So I got to shit back. And so, I'm, but I'm watching the round come strip from the magazine, and then it is binding. Mm -hmm. I can see this much of the case when, and she's having to stop and then let go and uh, push, pull back. Yeah. And, pull. and I'm like, fuck, she just needs, they both of them just need something else. They will be, it's, it's more their, pleasurable. You know, my husband and wife, it's a hobby. It's, sure. it's, it's, it's their version of golf. Um, they're probably not big dollar people, and, and, and you know, or it's not a priority for them. They got kids. You know, but this Tikas. is Tikas. Jen, Steven, you're listening to this. Tikas. Go Tikas yeah. all the way. I, I don't know if he listens to them. But, I mean, it's just, it's you can't expect everybody to have an AI. Right. And, and some people, if, if it works for him, it shoots well. He, Steve's all over it. Steve's killing it. Yeah. And, this and is his, what, second, second with course yeah. with you guys? Second with us. Yeah, Jen came last time. Right, but she, she just spectated and hung out yeah. and stuff. So, now she, she's getting her feet wet in it. And they're hammering. And she, look, Jen is fucking... Killing it. Yeah, yeah. She is. Well, women don't have bad habits. They don't, and they're just. I think they're more patient than we are. And they take instruction well. And way better than us. What usually happens is you bring them to our type of class, and we're. And Steve trained her up well because we didn't have to mess with her during the eval. She was great, and because yeah. he translated to what we taught him to her, but. When they take the instruction and they hear it for us, they don't have the egos and the habits to say, you know. American men think they're the best fighters, fuckers, and firers of firearms, you know? And 
it's like once you strip that away, the women don't have that problem. On a precision rifle, women do really, really well. I believe now, comp-wise and dynamic, there's a little bit of a curve. And it's the same curve I have. Well, it's our a size. Physical, physical, well, physicality. It's our yeah, size. It's a physicality. Right, because we got to haul the, the, the rifle around. And, you know, our props don't always fit us well. And recoil is different right. because, you know, a 115-pound a, a woman taking recoil with the same gun of a 175, I, 80, 180-pound dude, it, it's more recoil to them, period. The, the, someone like Jen, I'd throw in her an F-class match. She killed. She killed. She she shot. She shot some really the, good groups on steel today, yeah. like at distance. and paper, dude. She yeah. was doing freaking quarter minute groups yeah. um, on paper yesterday. Yeah. And so if you put her in an F class gun, she would hammer it. Yeah, she did. And she it's did a really nice, good. prone, comfortable, relaxing. You know, she'd be the she'd be the line mom kind of thing. Yeah. And, and well, going back to what you said that not everybody can afford an AI, you're completely right. And the thing, good, the beauty of it is in 2020. You don't have not to. to know the T because there's I agree. so the many are... good options out there. Like the 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 industry in the last what would you say six years, seven years yeah, has blown the fuck up mm -hmm. to where now in today it is the fastest growing. Well, we're demanding more, and and companies are catching up. They're catching up, and they're afraid you're going to dip your toe into competition, and you're going to embarrass yourself. And if you do that, now they have a bad rep. So they need a gun that can stand up to competition. You know, I mean, that's where the, that was the point when they pitched me on the RPR thing. He's like, Ruger needs a gun that can go to a PRS match or go, like they said to me at the time, like the sniper's hide cup, you know, and the person should be comfortable going there with this gun. And they may not win, but they shouldn't embarrass themselves. Right. And or, or them as a company. Right. And so that's kind of where, you know, these better rifles come in. Um, you know, in a, in a RPR is is a great rifle, but it's clunky like the Savage. Yeah. Now I will say the RPR. I'm not a fan of the RPR, but I will say I'm gonna give credit where credit is due. How many RPRs do you see at a typical like one day match? A ton of them, mm -hmm. right? They 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 really, in my opinion, they kind of set the mold. We've had classes all RPRs oh, in wow. Alaska. Wow. Because up uh, there they can get them easy. Yeah. Right. But they have. I think. I think Ruger. It's kind of set the mold uh, of a out-of-the-box, off-the-shelf competition rifle. Yep. They really did. Because look at the other companies that came in after, like right. since the RPR. The, I mean, even Tika with yeah. Attack A1, yeah, with Bagara's, the Bagara. Right. I, mean, they, they, I mean, Remington tried to. I mean, yeah. no one's, I've never seen that one in the PC, wild. No, because they're gone. Well, them. they're gone now, so it don't matter. Yeah. But yeah, that PC or whatever they called it, the PCR. Who knows? Well, but it, um, you know, everybody tried. Uh, hell, Daniel Defense, even though it's completely overpriced um, for what it is. But everyone's but trying they to. They won this year. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't. I definitely don't think it was the damn rifle. It was the the gangster shooting it is what who won that. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah. So you see, you I don't know, know the guy. Is he? A, yeah, oh, he's, he's a, a he's fucking phenomenal. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. An absolutely phenom when it comes to you know shooting, running a production gun. He's really good. But the the bottom line is, is that you don't have to go and spend you know seven thousand dollars on the AI to get a really accurate rifle that you can adjust to yourself. And kind of like you talk about sitting mm -hmm. in a vehicle, changing mirrors, getting the mirrors set up for you, your seat set up for you, the steering wheel set up for you. There's so many now companies now that are producing firearms for this game 
that don't break the bank and that will produce half minute groups all day long. Yep, and are adjustable to fit you. Cause that's the thing, I mean, rifle setup, that's because really yesterday and, and part of today with, with Robbie anyway was, was about rifle setup. We're tweaking the setup and we're getting reps in and we're doing that. How does that feel? How does that feel? Does that feel better? You gotta let us know. You know, okay, your groups are getting better. Okay, you're getting a little more consistent here. What are you thinking about that? You know, once you get them from slapping the trigger and, and tapping on it and, and stuff like that, now they're following through. It's kind of this tear down of the bad habits and then you gotta slowly build it back up and and, and then, you know, take them out and run them and, and that kind of thing. And so that's what we focus on. Yeah, and to touch on what you brought up a second ago about men coming to these courses that have that, that ego type thing. Well, first of all, if you have that, if you feel that way, why are you even taking a course? Shouldn't you be given the course? Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, okay. If you're, okay. So if you're taking the course, you're admitting you, you're paying the money for the course. You're making the travel to the course. You're on the firing line. You've obviously, without saying it, you have said, "I'm here for instruction to make myself a better shooter." Mm -hmm. Otherwise, why are you here? Take the fucking polite. Constructive yeah. criticism. God damn it! This is not a dick measuring contest. No, man. You Look, know I was hoping you guys would pick me the fuck <laughs> apart because I want to be a better shooter. I was like looking at my sheet, and y'all circle is a couple things that you, know, you saw that Frank didn't. Well, we're on different sides. We're on different sides. We're different sides, and stuff that Mark saw that you didn't. And I'm like, damn, I was hoping there's gonna be more fucked up shit in this because then I can be like, ooh, I know how to fix to make myself. That much more of a better shooter. Yeah, but you're not. Yeah. You shoot really good, dude. So, it's not like I, you're. I it's not it. like you're a bad shooter. You shoot really good. But um, part of the thing is one we, like up in Alaska when I first started doing these classes with Mark up there, he nicknamed the eval the humbler. The humbler, because yeah. that was designed to humble the guys who come in with attitudes, and they do. The the only ones, and it's a ninety nine percent are great. It's the you know always that one percent, but um. The pushback usually comes from engineer type people who heard it once and takes it as gospel. I read it. It's the way their brains work. Yes, dude. it's and it is. It's just the way their brains work. What they, they all work the same. I've they, said in this podcast before about engineers. I could talk to somebody who I don't know from Adam's dog for ten minutes. I say, "You're a fucking engineer, aren't you?" <laughs> my father-in-law's one, so my best friend's one, and they are all the same. Yep. So you're right. You're hundred percent. You're gonna see the engineers. They're gonna be like, "Wait, wait, wait, wait." Yeah. I need I need data right. in front of me and to show me that I'm wrong. I read here, and I trusted that source because they don't know, like the gun industry, but. I read here, I trusted that source, and they contradict what you just said. So now it was like, you know, I, uh, it's funny because the guy's an engineer, and I don't know if he, he came to class, uh, the Mile High class. So um, we had a, a finish up. We, we did like three back-to-back -back Mile High classes because we pushed everything into like September, October because of COVID. Right. And so Mike and I are doing this class. So the last one we did, the final class of the year, was kind of like a makeup class. For, couldn't come to this one, couldn't come to that one. And it was a small class. So usually we do this many. And this one was, was, was a lot less people. Um, so one guy who was an Asian engineer, good dude, all new stuff, brand new, spent tons of money. All AIs. He says, hey, I brought my AI, I think he had 308. And he goes, but I also brought my MC338 and I want to dope my 338. See, so I'm like, all right, we're not even talking about that till Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On we'll Sunday get to that morning, when, you, when we got you squared away, right. we'll talk about the big dog then. On Sunday morning, the class size was right. I said to Mike, I said, listen, dude, 
you take those guys and go do that stuff over there. I'm going to take him and we're going to go, I'm going to march his 338 out to our mile. So I'm like, you know, what are you shooting? What's going on? Let me do this. Like he had burger 300 grain bullets. I'm like, well, you know, why well, got to shoot the burger 300 grain bullets? That's the best bullet on it. I'm like, yeah, okay, but it's too heavy for your gun, dude. Yeah, if it had a hell of a more ass behind it, yeah. that 300 would be awesome. And, and so he's like, no, 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 no. Numbers all say, everybody says this, this is what they all shoot. So he gets on his first group and he's all over the place. I'm like, oh, man. So tighten them up, tighten them up, clean this up. But his groups are still three quarter one inch and I march him out and I said all right dude you're good you got your hits and everything and some plates I mean we had wind in our range that day sure. it was windy um the morning was pretty good eight to twelve miles an hour but he would like you know the 300 supposed to buck the wind the 300 supposed to do this but when you're only sending it 2750 it don't work as advertised it works I'm not saying it don't work. I'm saying it don't work as advertised. It doesn't work as good as you are expecting, expecting it, it to. to. So miss left, miss right, hit. Miss left, miss right, hit. Right? So it's, you know, kind of stuff like that. Then I said, all right, dude. I told you the first day that that bullet's not the right bullet for your gun. I'm going to show you today because it just so happens I got a bunch of Spark 338 that Anthony sent me. In 250s. I'm going to give you a box. And we're going to march out with that. So first thing I want you to do. Shoot me a group at 100. Let's get it tuned up. Shoots a group. And he shoots a half minute. All rounds touching. Tiny group. Versus the one inch. None of them touched. Yeah all of them kind with of the 300. shotgun. Recoils less. The pulse is better for you. That's why your group's better there, and the 250s are what was made for 338. March them out. First round hit, first round hit, first round hit, first round hit. We get to the 14, off the left, second round hit. Get to the mile, off the left, second round hit. And it's like, guess who shot better? With the 250s, out to a mile. And he's like, yeah. And I, I oh, you used less ammo. You hit more of the targets consistently in the thing, you know. What was your drop? Which one shot flatter? Yeah, definitely, definitely 250s. The 250s. And what was the wind? The 250s. Yeah, coming you know? out of the same coming coming out with out of the same cartridge, a lighter bullet is always gonna have less drop. Yeah. Now when you go and you put that that three hundred grainer in something bigger than that, then that's when you can, that's when that 300 shines. But it was 2750 versus 3000. Right, yeah. That's, yeah. that's a lot. Yeah. That's 200 feet, 250 feet a second is a big, big fucking jump. That's the difference in, in trying to translate that, that someone who just wants to crunch numbers, but doesn't put the numbers into context. You know, if you got a 300 grain bullet going 2900, 2850 is the bare minimum. But if it's going 2900, Rockstar. Use right. it all day, man. Go to town. If you can get it faster than that because you're going to go longer, Rockstar. No problem. But if you do 250s at that 3,000, 3,100, they fucking kick ass, man. And, and there's good 250 bullets, you know? Well, it translates. It's not even just that bullet, that cartridge. It, that translates over to what I see with even a Dasher. Yeah. I'm shooting 105s at 2,950. And then... Uh, my two shooting partners, buddies, CL and Jeff, they're shooting 95s out of a dasher. 
they hold less wind. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a big difference in BC between the 105 Burger and the 95 SMK. Big difference. But they're throwing them at 3140, 3150. And there's like no fucking wind. When we're at a match, we always squad together because we travel together, we shoot together, everything. And everyone's like, you know, typical PRS match. What was your wind call? So when I asked Jeff that, straight up. This for one example was a guy we uh, a match we shot back in February. Uh, we had a, we had there was like five or six dashers in our group. One of them was shooting a one fifteen uh, um, DTAC. He at, at as fast as that DTAC is going to really run out of a dasher safely. He he's like there's no fucking way that's straight up. And so Jeff's like I'm fucking holding straight up on this target, dude. Every stage that he asked Jeff and Jeff would say straight up, he was holding like three tenths. Mm-hmm. It, same cartridge, different bullet, different speed. That shitty BC 490 G5, uh, G1 or whatever fucking kicked ass yeah. at that speed. And it's less recoil, like you said. Right. Dude, I shot today, the first day, or yesterday rather, that 95s because I, when I, I brought my, um, my AX here. And I have my six Creedmoor barrel on it, the proof carbon fiber. Mm-hmm. And so when I was looking to go grab some ammo, uh, Emil at Burger, uh, Lapua there, had sent me a small box of some six Creed to play with. And he put the 95 grain Classic Hunter. Yeah, the hunt, the hunting rounds. So I grabbed two boxes of those to bring with me. And now. that BC is worse than the, S- than the SMKs yeah. is. It's like, what, like a 4... Like 80 or something? Four, eight, I don't even know what the BC is on that bullet. Yeah, and I, don't, I didn't even look yet. You know, because I just basically zeroed out 100 and I haven't even played with it much. But, um, so I, I re-zeroed it, shot like three rounds, said, okay, I'm right over here, went over to shoot and see, you know, over left, come down, whatever the case was. Second, you know, the next round that went, the fourth shot, went through the orange dot, and I'm like, I'm good. Done. <laughs> you know, done. I'm up, I'm done. You know, but it was, it, it had a funny recoil because it was so damn light, but fast because it's gone quick. It's, sna- it's super snappy. Yeah, but, but it was still, like, a, it's like a, a, it took a second to get used to it. Yeah. It, it felt, but if, even so, a 95 grain, it feels like a marshmallow hitting your shoulder. It, it doesn't, there's no recoil right, at all. Right. So, uh, yeah, and it's, you know, it's amazing how you see the, you feel the difference in recoil between a 95 and a 105. But that's, it's, not, that's not a heavy recoil. Look at recoil. the comp guy, you guys, all you, what your guys are doing. Everybody's cranking down faster, right? They're going lighter, 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 faster, lighter, 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 faster. Now you know it's it's the less recoil, it's the less drop, it's the no wind, it's all these different things. And then some guy said, "Well, we want zero SD. You know, we want the minimum SD we can get." And these cartridges do these less SDs. Okay, I'm like, you can't get that with a six five Creed more. Come on, dude. Yeah. You know, you can't get a five. <laughs> you get if if you have in the game that that we play. The average target size at any given distance, unless they throw some like yeah. novelty tiny target at a at a, yeah, at a at range, yeah. But at that these average ranges and in, in, in target sizes that we're shooting, if you've got a, an extreme spread of forty or less, you're not missing a target. Right. You're not gonna you now you're not gonna waterline it. No. But it's a hit. Do you get extra points for waterlining it? Fuck no. You get an extra point for that. Boom. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys where you get your points from. And so, yeah, I mean, we all. But then got you small. combine you in, and you don't want you want to be you want your wobble zone to be tiny. And if you've got a big wobble zone and your cartridge is big, exactly, yeah, then yeah. you might so, miss. But so yeah. hammer, so hammer down, shoot a practice, mm-hmm. and practice that helps with that. So yeah, practice is really the answer. That's the answer. Is I mean, you look at all the top guys. <laughs> they practice. Then they shoot. I mean, 
bukus around a year, and that's what makes them good. It's not their ammo. It's not their rifle. It's them. It's mm-hmm. how good they are. You know? and, and I I understand the want to control a variable. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there's, there's validity to it. Right. There's a want to control a variable, and if you can control it, why shouldn't you, unless you have a valid reason? Like, I got no time to reload. I'm shooting factory ammo and, and you know, that kind of stuff, but... With the equipment I'm running, my factory ammo shoots damn good. I'm not worried yeah. about it. Well, just to the example of that, I'm to the, this weekend. I'm shooting factory 108 ELDM six creed ammo. We did a little competition mm-hmm. today. Uh, you won thirteen dollars, dude. I won thirteen fucking bucks, and I'm gonna buy that stick of gum I've been looking at. But uh, um, it almost paid for lunch today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, uh, what the competition was? It was a um, target at was that six seventy five six seventy five. When everyone's on the line, everyone's ready, bolt back. When your name is called, bolt forward. You shoot three shots at this target in in, in time. What was the 15 time? Seconds. 15 seconds. Okay. So I shot. And mind you, I had to, it took me a second to start shooting because there's two Davids. When, so when, when Mark said, David, oh, David said, which David? I said, me, bitch. <laughs> I was like, me, I'm shooting. Um, so... But uh, we had three way tie, me, Ryan, and Fitz. Um, three hits seven, oh, with seven seconds left. Mm-hmm. So we had eight seconds. We got three shots off, three hits. Well, then we had a tiebreaker. But that, that what I want to get to was that group that I shot under time was about a three inch group mm-hmm. at 675 yards yep, with totally. factory ass ammo. Right. Um, and you can look. Like I a two day uh the war match no it's not no the Pig River match this year the back in June Ken Sanoski won it fucking cold blooded killer shooting factory federal six creed ammo yeah and there was some heavy positional shit there was some eleven hundred yard targets uh twelve no it's a twelve the twelve fifty I think was the furthest target something like that and factory ammo fucking cleaned it. It's the ammo of today is not yeah, the ammo the, of yesteryear. The game is going faster and lighter. And it's funny how this side of the house goes faster and lighter. But then when you talk like the ELI guard, they, they want as heavy as they can get. And then they it's like, well, how are you pushing that, dude? Yeah. What are you doing with it? You know? How much power and, is behind it? Right. And it's like, if I can go that with less, I mean, it's kind of why the Normus does really well in ELR events. Because it's, it's the lighter side. I mean, technically, the 300 Norma is lighter than the 338, but we're shooting a similar bullet. Most of us are shooting the 230s, or some shoot 215s, but it's the same speed as a 338, really. You know? So it it, it ends up being, um, I mean, I shoot my 300 Norma. Mike and I, we were having to shoot off one day with the aliens, and I'm using my Norma, and he's using his 6 Creed. You know, and then it's like, I'm keeping pace with them, but I yep. mean, I'm canned and heavy gunned and all that stuff. It's just my um, AWSM. I rebarreled my old 97 AWSM 338 uh, to a 300 Norma. Mm-hmm. I got an OSS suppressor on it, kicks much ass. I put a uh, Atlas Super Cal, and it's my legacy stock AW. Yeah, and, beautiful um, gun, by it, the way. Yeah, it just fucking rocks, and, and things hammer. And, you know, even shooting that Spark 300 Norma, uh, it just loves it, you know? So, yeah, I could do it. But if I had to go now and go positional with Mike, yeah, it ain't happening. It's a little bit different. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's a, a, it's a completely different. different thing. But 
I, I just think that the, 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 there's going to be a reckoning with some of the ELR guys when they realize they need to go a little lighter. Yeah. Well, if you remember, what was it? Was it 2019 or 2018? The week before shot where they had that ELR competition. John Armstrong. Dude, I wrote it. Yeah. Scott's, I was the his only. son Scott's a friend of mine. Right. So, yeah, he's shooting a 7 STW with a fucking super, a fixed, was it a 16 power? He was on, I'm going to tell you how it went. Hunting rifle. He had a 10X SWFA super sniper. I thought it was a 16. Was it a 10? It might have been a 16. I thought it was a 10, but it might have been a 16. It was a fixed power SWFA. $250 fucking scope. Right. (laughs) He was on a rickety wooden bench, and his dope was written in marker on the bench. And he shot a seven something. Seven STW. Because his big gun was being worked on and wasn't yeah, done. That's his legit hunting. Right. He hunts and kills critters with that. That's I it. was a RO. He was the first one to go three or three for three. It was funny because Paul Phillips and I'm friends with Paul. Jumped up, and he's like, you know, he's immediately he was applied ballistics and Brian's there. This is there. All the whole teams are there, and um. You know, Paul gets up immediately and Doc Beach starts doing marketing and media and all that. And they're filming because Paul went three for three at a mile at, at the same time with like his 375. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The 7 STW. And I'm looking at him doing the marketing and I'm laughing. I'm going, John John Armstrong. But John Armstrong. Turn the camera that way. Yeah, turn the camera <laughs> that way. You just saw fucking history made right mm-hmm. there. So, I mean, even when, when, when Nate, y'all, Tub's son-in-law... Did the further one? I mean, Nate smoked it. You know what I mean? But he shoots. Yeah, shoot a tub gun, a thirty-three XC. Yep, they you know, go a little bit lighter and a, they go faster. That's a cool cartridge. Yes. The thirty-three XC is freaking sweet. Yeah, and I think I think the further we get into it, we're going to see more cartridges mm-hmm. or more barrels put uh, spun into thirty-three XC in that game. Yeah, because yeah. like you said, I think the days of the. 416s, mm-hmm. the 50s, all See, that. The, the they're, four, kind of, they're kind of starting to trend. Some of the people that are catching on to it are starting to kind of go well, here's down. the context that people miss. Okay, because I've gone down and filmed and done a bunch of shit at King of Two Mile and all that stuff. Why they have it, they, they kind of have to waver is because they're shooting against the side of the mountain. And there's crevasses and rocks and critters and crevices and all. It's a gnarly cliff. Yes. It's like volcanic rock, because there's a volcano right down the street from uh, NRA. Yeah. And it's volcanic rock, and they couldn't see. So they wanted the bigger caliber to make a bigger splash, because if the bullet went into one of those uh, cracks, they couldn't see it. But then they figured out, well, if I go to this caliber, I can see it. And all people do at that point is go... But Paul won with a 416. And it's like, there. Yeah. Take that to an actual flat range, like, like a soft flat. Spare point or something. Go yeah. to Spare Point or Kansas or somewhere in the middle. Fuck, go out in the bottom to the damn soft right. flats. And, you know? and now, do I need that right. to do what I'm doing? And maybe something a little lighter, faster, um, easier efficient. To, easier to shoot. You know, because that's David's thing. He's straight walled, he's more efficient, he's putting all that energy forward. And he's not losing, um, you know, anything. And so if I if I can go to something more efficient, like a Norma, you know, then the success is there. Yeah. And and that's kind of what I look at it. I mean, it's it's like, well, why does it work on this side of the game, 
but it doesn't work on this side of the game. And really, these guys are doing no better than you think. I mean, if you if you honestly, I we, I have the rep for bagging on PRS guys, but I don't bag on you for your shooting. It's usually for everything but the shooting. Right. Guys can shoot. We understand what's going on. Now, do you slap the triggers? Do you have training scars? Yeah, because it's speed. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, you know what I mean? Kinda, I know, it kind of comes along with the territory. Right. Way the way I understand your fundamentals may suck in a certain way, but they really don't. It's just you're working within the constraints of an 8-ounce trigger or a 12-ounce trigger, and then the speed aspect and the positional. So it's going to create certain things. But the F, or not the F class, but the ELR guys, no cheek well. Some of them don't even have their cheek on the gun. I saw. I have pictures of top ten guys who made it to the finales. No cheek. They're floating because they can't. They didn't build it up because they're doing all these crazy angles and everything. And it's like if those. That's why Robert Brantley. Robert had marksmanship. Yes, he Robert knew how to shoot. Robert and the fucking killer. That's why you know you saw that other difference with that stuff. And they were going to the 50 cows to see again. It wasn't even his barrel. Right. It was Tom's burnt out one from the year that they set back. And, um, you know, because he, he, if you watch him, look at the pictures I took. You don't even have to put it in context of who Robert is. But if you look at the pictures of Robert and you look at pictures of the other guys, they're night and day different. Yeah. He, Robert looks like he's shooting a group at 1,000 yards on a regular rifle. Right. You know, like what we're doing today. Yes, today. Groups today. He's in a casual, fooled out, perfect prone. Everything's good. He's not slapping jacking because he's got time. He's not on a fucking 90-second clock. Right. You know, so he's able to do Now, he knows the fundamentals. He's able to employ them. He's able to do it. So he's taking all the stuff he's learned PRSE-wise, pull the bad habits out of it and go prone, and take your time, and it lines up. And, he, dude, he smoked them by numbers they've never seen before. If they they can hide it because if you ever look at King of Two Miles scores, they're gigantic. Yeah. Because they multiply Yeah, the multipliers. Right. Yeah. If if it worked how it kinda should have worked. The way the scoring is. Yeah. Robert won before the match was over. Right, yeah. He won the day before. Wow. He didn't even have to, in my mind, if this went by pure score and not that you had to do it in the finale, like as a separate match, because the finale becomes almost a separate match. It's, it's, it's its own entity. Yeah. It's its own standalone But match. if they went by the scores, he would have been, he wouldn't even have to show up the, set, the last day and he should have won. Damn. That's how I didn't know that. far ahead his lead was. Damn. Damn. That's awesome. Like but, I said, I got it all on camera. Yeah, I got you know I'm I'm there filming all this stuff. Like I was at the world record one that you were talking about with John and, and everything. And you, you, when you put certain things into the proper context, yeah, it paints a different picture it, of it, maybe what your your initial yeah, opinion was yeah. of how it happened. Uh, back to day two today. Um, so we we uh, did a little powwow this morning. Went out to the range. Um, you know, got on. Got on paper at 100, make sure everybody's zeros are good before going out mm-hmm. of the distance because you don't want there anything to change. There was about three people had a nudge. Yeah, they had, had had to make a little little change. And then, you know, we just basically used the weaponized math data sheet, mm-hmm. which I, I love. Yeah, it works. Weaponized math is good shit. It, it works. I mean, this is, it's, it's you know, the, the egg or the chicken. 
right? So guy gets a piece of software. He, I got my phone. I'm going to get software. He's going to throw a bunch of numbers that he has really no clue what they are into his phone. And then he's going to go to the range because he doesn't know how to hit 300 yards. What's the dope for 300? He don't know. He wants the phone to tell him. Right. But he doesn't have a starting point. You, know, you may chronograph or you may do something. So immediately, what does a guy do? Buys software, gets a gun, right? While he's waiting for the gun to show up and the scope to get mounted and all the other things that he's doing, he's playing with the phone and the software. And then he gets out there and it's a mess. What we do is we take the weaponized math. We basically doped gravity. And it doesn't have sight height. It doesn't have muzzle velocity. It doesn't have... Bullet length. Bang, bullet length, bullet weight. It, it, it works from a twenty-two caliber bullet all the way up to a fifty because we doped gravity. And it's a way to march you out with real-world data. And we created a worksheet to show you how to do it. It's really simple. You just... You know, okay, what did you shoot at 300? One mil. One mil times 1.75. What am I going to use to start at four? 1.6. Because that's, right? So then I go in there, 1.6. It's going to probably center line hit you and, and put you on the water line. Then you're going to multiply that by 1.45. That's your 500. Then you're going to multiply that by 1.40. That's your 600. Because what it is is percentage. Thousand, we, we did 1,000 yard is 100%. Well, how many percent to get to 900? Well, it's 83 percent. Then it's 60-something percent. And then it's 50-something percent. And then 43 percent. And we made those percentages a value, the X factor. So now, with the worksheet, you have a range card. Mm -hmm. When you're done, like, we, we, we don't have a thousand yard here. But if we did, you would, you would dope out to a thousand yard today. Because tonight... If this was been Alaska or in a lodge or whatever, we would sit here around the room and I'd say, okay, take your weaponized math worksheet, your verified data, go to your phone now, put in your site height, put in your bullet, put in that stuff, pull it from the library. Now, like invent a muzzle velocity. Yeah. I don't care what it is. You know what I mean? Put like, if you're shooting a 6.5 Creedmoor, put 2750 in it and look at it and go, okay, what's my 600 yard drop? Three five. All right, what's the computer say right now? It says three two. Okay, so I gotta come up to ten. So I gotta lower my muzzle velocity fifty feet. Twenty five feet per second is a tenth in software. So I gotta change it fifty feet. So I'm gonna make it twenty seven fifty or twenty seven hundred even. Right. Twenty seven hundred even. That's done. Six hundred trued up. Matches. I'm yeah. Good. Everything's good. Now you would go to... There's your, a thousand. Right, your thousand, your eight. Do they match? It's a yes or no question. Yep. Thousand doesn't match. It's off a little bit. All right, now you tune the BC. BC. You tweak your BC, you're done. Now your phone's working, you got that, and you didn't have to go back and forth, and you don't have a guy with his face and his phone on the firing line going, but the computer said that I need this. And it's like, well, what did you put in the computer? Well, numbers. Where'd you get the numbers? Well, it should be going this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the box, the, the box, box, the box. There's that or this. whatever. Yeah. But it's, it's the weaponized math because like Mark explained, the, the, the solution we had to solve was twofold. We had an ungraded range that the eight and 900, you can drive a truck under them. Mm -hmm. That's how high in the air they are to be level. What we do to mount those up is we pull a pickup truck, we stand the guy in the bed, we make the legs, 
One, two guys put the one legs up on one side, two guys put the legs up on the other side. The guys in the bed of the pickup pick the plate up and hang it on the legs, and they pull the pickup out from under it. So if you miss, we can't see high or low because right. it falls into a hole. And it's just because the range is recently built. You better you better see some trace right. if you want to see anything. Now the other problem. I got a 308 on the line. I got a 270 on the line. I got a 6.5 Creedmoor on the line. I got a 300 Win Mag on the line. I got a 338 on the line. I got another 308 on the line. I got to give you dope to hit all these plates and march out. And, and I got rules of thumbs I can use. But this is way... This is perfect. Way, This way isn't me efficient. winging what your 270 is going to do based off your 800. Because I'll be like, all right, you, you did this at 8, add a mil. You know, all right, I'll you're, try to catch you. You're literally using data on previous engagement, engagement. the very previous engagement right. to get your next. Yep, yeah. next yard line. And I'll tell you this. I, I, will, I will attest to this. I had one yardage that was, I think, a tenth low. Mm -hmm. It's still a fucking hit. So you could literally off the off a one inch water line, right? Off of a water line, not even you know it's so it's minuscule. I could have just left it at that and been good. You yeah, know? yeah. So it it works. It works. I mean, and you can download it for free. We gave it away. One page is an entire ballistic calculator. Yep. In one piece of paper, one page, not does, even front and back. It does everything a, a program will do, and yeah. it doesn't break. Yeah, you could. It's, Print it off Sniper's Hide, laminate it, throw it in your kit. You have a ballistic computer that will never fail you. Exactly. I love it. Yeah, um, it's good stuff. So, uh, but at lunch, I, I'll be honest, one of my favorite things so yeah, far. Yeah, I was waiting for you to get to lunch, man. Doc, Doc Maurer is, uh, he, first of all, he's the owner of Treadproof. Let's just go back. Treadproof is a kick-ass facility. Mm -hmm. It's in an it's a it's a it's a rough place. gem right now. You know what I mean? It it's, is. It, it's we're working making, on it. Yeah, it's in it's really in the polishing stages right now, to where it's going to be like renowned. Mm -hmm. But it is a stunning backdrop. It is a beautiful place. The building is beautiful. Um, it looks like something that belongs in a Tennessee mountain, you know, mm -hmm. and, and beautiful. Yeah, it's got the rustic look, but yeah. polished. Um, a big classroom, big PowerPoint. Um, so Doc Maurer is a neurosurgeon by trade up in Rochester and he has his, basically his two sons mm -hmm. running the, running the place. Yeah. They, they hold all types of people there, all different types of organizations, agencies. They're affiliated with secret squirrels. Right. Yeah. They have them there to and do. This will segue into why he's affiliated with secret squirrels. Why is a brain surgeon in New York? Yes. Have a training facility that's affiliated with Secret Squirrels. Yes, because Doc Maurer is one of, if not the, leading authorities on yeah. terminal ballistics. They consider two people. He's one of them. Yep. And Buford would be the Buford's other one they the talked other. about. We, we the talked FBI. about him yeah. a lot. Because they worked, the, they partnered. Right, yeah. We, we talked about you know their their relationship and what their findings were uh, today in the, in the briefing. But we... We basically did a briefing on the uh, the Kenosha kid, yeah, on on Kyle Rittenhouse and that shooting, the weapon used, the bullet used, the terminal performance of that bullet at those ranges, the differences of this, that, the other, what to expect, what happens 
when when bullet meets flesh, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And then we had some extra time, and we really got into something that I love, which is the JFK assassination. Yeah, because Doc had a hundred percent access to the Kennedy files. Literally, the the actual literal files. He had Kennedy's medical chart, the original, the original in front of him mm-hmm. in Dallas. Yeah. And I, I I love the Kennedy case. Dude, he's got a military library that's like, you know, a whole floor. Of a legitimate whole, library. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's a mil- he he was in the, he was in the military. He was a surgeon for the military during Gulf War, um, you know. And then he does the brain surgery and all the other stuff that he does. And he's a history buff. And how he got in is he did a talk somewhere. And it contradicted what the FBI and everybody else was teaching. And so when Buford and them guys got together, he said, no, you're wrong. Yeah. I'm. Wait a minute. You're telling me what a body does when you hit it? Who do you yeah. think or fixes what, it? Who, who gets the inside look? Yeah. Literally the inside of a fucking skull. Right. Because there's the, you know, what's elastic, what's not, what breaks, and how does it break? And, and it matters. And Doc breaks it down with CAT scans and everything. It's shows proof. You. Hey, yeah. this is, look, prove me wrong. Right. Change my mind. Yeah, you know, yeah, that type thing. Yeah. And you know, you're gonna get shot here, and this is what's gonna happen. And he, I mean, he talks like it's you know a, a, a day out. Yeah. You know, hey, this guy was shot here and did this in the head, and I went in and I did this and I fixed that. And yeah, your body can take a certain amount of things. And you yeah, know, and it's amazing what he has had, what he's had hands-on experience with as far as things that people would know about. Right. Like right. the JFK thing. Like, cause he he gets when something big like Kenosha happens. I don't know if he calls them or they call him, but either way, he gets information. And they're that you withholding. And why we didn't get to? He's wait. They're withholding Rittenhouse stuff on him. Yeah, but he has some of it. They but wouldn't they tell him a bullet. Yeah, yeah. They been, wouldn't tell him what bullet it was. Right. And uh, but you know they he's got timestamp stuff. He's got this, that, and the other. He's got way for more information than me and you would get if we wanted to go dive into. Um, it. because like he said, one of the people he's affiliated with. They're guessing Rittenhouse will probably go to the Supreme Court, and he's working the prep team with the guy who's going to argue it in Rittenhouse's yep. favor if it goes to the Supreme Court. Right, and so he's really doing the secret scroll shit on that end. In a, in a way, because yeah, because he's the he, he, they're basically going to prove that this it kid one hundred percent right in in yeah, defense self defense. And it's crazy if you think about it. In his pre- and, and his presentation has been, I don't want to say couched isn't the right word, because he, he's given his presentation to the NRA, so it's been sort of lawyered a little bit. Yeah. And he uses the word incapacitate a lot more. He says whether or not you die is irrelevant. The job is incapacitate. To stop him. Right. Normally, it ends in death. Okay, that's a fact. You know, whatever it is. But that's not the goal. Right. The goal is to stop the threat. And if you look at all those screenshots he had of that film footage, and there was those were really good pictures. Really good. And, like, probably subconsciously and not knowing it, the kid did it exactly right. Like... I mean, because he didn't Given shoot the situation. He didn't shoot the guy with the hands up, and he didn't shoot this. And the way he was, and how he kind of rolled out, and the certain things that when he was down and being enveloped, that's when the chest shot. You know, when the guy came over, and then he he was able to incapacitate the gun guy with the elbow shot, hit him in the funny bone, hit, hit him right in the funny bone, <laughs> and it was True not story. funny to that motherfucker, dude. 
why that guy's arm blew up for the people who were, because like, we were laughing about it. How that big crater happened. Yeah, the fucking flash canoe in his damn right because arm. Because the kid hit him with the bullet in the funny bone so and it shattered it. Hold your arm up, look at your palm, and turn your arm into a 90 degree angle. Uh, if you don't know what the damn funny bone is, which everyone does, the if you feel in the inside of your arm or your elbow, that big ball of your elbow, that, uh, I, I forgot what he called it. I don't even fucking know. Oh, yeah, yeah with the yeah, it's, like, it's like 12 syllables. But it is basically what connects your tricep and bicep to the actual elbow. When he said that when the bullet hit that, it just fucking blew up everything. In yeah, it shattered because it hit the bone. And then it pulled away from. So think of, you ever seen guys like weightlifters that separate Snatched their bicep? Yep. Their biceps ball up to the top of their arm. That's basically what happened with a the fucking bullet. And right. it's just, whoop, gone. Um, but I mean, he knew, he knew every organ that was hit with the first guy, the chest yes. shot guy. He knew every organ that was hit. The The first guy, the pedophile, the kitty fucker, uh, the, in the parking lot, he knew like he went in this part and it clipped this thing and it did that. I mean, he, he has all the information Yeah. and he's not, he is a brilliant, brilliant man, but he's not the type that's so smart that he's awkward. That he's impersonable. No, he can hold a conversation about the silliest stuff with you, and he's like a normal guy. Yeah, but he's, he's normal. He, so he, much he drops shit. F-bombs, he's silly, he's, dirty, he's fucking fun, you awesome know. guy. We he's talked a... politics, we talked all of that yesterday, and today, once the briefing was over with, I wanted to, I wanted to pick his brain later, and I did. I said, look, I you know, want to tell you how much I appreciate and love the JFK talk, and then I said, I told him, I said, you convinced me against something that I have always thought. He said, yeah, what was that? I said, who it was because he said the data is there ballistically everything is there that it was Lee Harvey Oswald and it was with that gun there was no magic bullet all of the conspiracy stuff of why people think it was from the front he said no it's because clerical error on the dumbass yeah who, it was a resident the who re saw the hole and he said that type of bullet he said it looks like a round hole in the well, front because it's a non-spitzer right it, it, it's a um Mark called it a meat plat. Like they don't, they hunt with them in um, Alaska a lot. Right, basically the center. Of, yeah, the center of gravity is, is towards the, the front. Is in the center, yeah. not in the back where it would blow, you know, blow out and tumble and stuff. It's that's why it was a perfectly round, bullet-sized hole in the front of his neck. What he explains to everybody is every Spitzer bullet, when it hits a body, tumbles. Yeah, the the center of gravity is at the rear of the bullet, which forces when it meets a, a an object, it forces the back end to go forward. Right, and because this bullet was a round nose, non-spitzer, with a central center of gravity, and it's made kind of like a puncture. It's yeah. more of an pencil, ice pick. like a pencil. Through. Yes, it's an ice pick, and it ice picked through Kennedy in the back of his neck into throughout the, the trachea, front. right? Because yeah. it clipped his trachea. And so it came out, and then that's when it hit the governor and all the other stuff. But he, he says it did, it did, it, it performed exactly like it's supposed to because it wasn't a Spitzer bullet. Now, if you assumed or implied it was a Spitzer that was used, all of this would have looked wrong. It looked, yeah, way wrong. And that's, and that's his thing that he's basically saying. Right. The yeah. first round missed. Hit yep. the ground, chase a kid. Yeah, a chip of fucking concrete Three. from the curb hit a kid, a college kid, standing by the grassy knoll. Yep. He hit him in the face. What the fuck was that? And then uh, one of the police officers 
heard it mm -hmm. and saw uh, saw a spark off the uh, ground, right. off the ground, off the concrete. And then the second shot, it it didn't hit Kennedy's spine, and it didn't hit his arteries. He actually he would have had what they call spinal trauma. The 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 um, temporary wound cavity will bruise the spine, yep. so you may have a temporary problem because of that. But he says it probably would have gone away, but it didn't. And it he, fucked up his trachea. Right. It just clipped and nicked his trachea. That was really, other than having a hole through your neck, he didn't hit any of the arteries or veins. Yep. It didn't hit his spine, and it just clipped the trachea. Now the problem was Kennedy was wearing a. That's shirt. what I was gonna get to. That yeah. might be. That's what killed him. It was what killed him because yeah. he couldn't move. I mean, couldn't go like. Couldn't fall out of the way. They. It takes them. He said how long it takes. I don't remember. Kennedy wore a back brace clamshell that took eight ace bandages to be wrapped in. I think they said it was an hour. From his like sternum to his waist, yes. basically. So uh, Collar to his uh, waist. And it held him up in the seat, which allowed Oswell... Which is why his, his head just fell over right, forward. Right, and bobbled. Yeah, because he can't go, he can't bend over, you know... To do that. And, and that so, gave Oswald that final shot. shot and took his head off. And, right. Um, so that... That obviously, to me, solidified that, okay, it was Lee Harvey Oswald, mm -hmm. right? Now, the the thing he said, it's not about who or with what that's in question. The why. The why is what's in question. And that's where I said, my, well, my first, my, my who, what I thought it was initially, I thought it were, it was Cubans mm -hmm. because of, at the time, was the Cuban Missile Crisis, Castro was in power, the Cuban people fucking hated Castro. So I thought, my opinion was, it was the CIA going to some whatever Cuban guerrilla fighters or whatever. You take care of this, we'll take care of Castro. Right. With no intention of making good on the deal, we'll take care of Castro for you. Well, they're the CIA of America, they could do that. And that's what I always thought. But I... The why me and him both agreed on, and I said it first. I said, now, the why, I feel very confident it was because of Kennedy wants to audit the Federal Reserve. He says, I was just about to say that. I said, you must know your shit because a lot of people don't know that. And he was like, yeah, a friend of mine, we were talking about it. And that brings us kind of full circle to when Trump wants to release. And then Which I almost brought up to him. I was like, well, well, yeah, well, we talked about the whole him wanting to release that, and then it came to where he they was told, it. yeah, you're not releasing it, and you're, we, we can't tell you why we can't release it, because that is bad enough. Basically what Barr said, Barr was supposed to release the Kennedy files, and they said, okay, where's the Kennedy files? And Barr said, nope, they're not coming out. And they said, well, why aren't they coming out? And they said, well, if we tell you why, you'll know what they are. Yeah. And, and we can't, we can't tell you why or what they are, so they're just not happening. To no fault to anybody in power right now, but the fact is that you can't have that type of blowback. But it's got to be that, something internal. Lyndon B. Johnson was a fucker is yeah, what it was. If it's not internal, that's why the why won't get released. Yeah. Because it's got to be domestic. was a fucker. It's and, a, yeah, it's a domestic yeah, the, problem. Uh, you know, and he also said a friend of mine thinks that the Federal Reserve... Is a federal agency? It's not. I said, "Yo, it's not." He, said, he didn't believe me because it's the Federal Reserve. That's just a name. It is a a collection of. It's a central bank that is contracted. And I told him, "It's a contracted bank." It's exactly right. It's a contracted bank put together by the Rockefellers, 
by, I mean, the, the guy. Yeah, what, all the power players. All the ones that we all know about today, Goldman Sachs, all that the stuff. The same people who got Epstein. Exactly. <laughs> uh, along with, except the Clintons weren't involved with the Federal Reserve, but uh, um, but yeah, you're right, completely. And so it's his. He is an amazing man. Doc yeah. Mauer is. It, he's a, a fun guy. He's super personable. I mean, he he he. he you know, in. You could challenge him. You could, he wants you to, he but you would. But yes. yeah, but he, he's just because that. that's a teaching moment for him. Right. Like, oh, what do you think? And he's like, no, I'm gonna tell you why you're wrong, and that way you've got a better understanding of what of what the truth mm-hmm. is about this. But I mean, that's it, it, just to kind of bring it all around. Uh, terminal ballistics for the military came out of Vietnam, and it's not changed. Terminal ballistics for law enforcement came out of the Miami shootout. Mm-hmm. Hasn't changed. They're changing it now, and him and Buford are, doing are, that are running that because the numbers are not right. the The context is wrong. You know, they're looking at like a thirteen percent hit rate sets the standard, like coming a side shot. Yeah. you know, from under the arm, and that's what sets the standard the for inches. bullet. Yeah, the eighteen inch bullshit, and um, you know, not where you get eighty five percent of our shots or eighty seven or whatever the number is, um, you know, or from the front or back. Yep. And, you know, it's 13 from the side, but why are we using 13 numbers and, or, you know, yeah, side numbers? Yeah, all because of one instance that one happened incident. when that's nowhere near the, even closer to the general right. rule of what happened. And then there was an issue that he explains, and he didn't explain, he talked about it but glazed over a little, is the body makeup. Because they don't look at the elastic, they don't feel, like they basically think our body just kind of moves with it. Yeah. And there's some organs that explode and break. And there's some organs that stretch and don't, and there's different things. And he says that's a, that's a very important difference, even though it may not matter when you're shooting something, but it's a very important difference when you're talking about it in the data. Yep. That, you know, well, and it goes to the Kennedy, the final one, because he has those really great NASA digitized pictures of the last hit. Yeah. And you see the pieces and chunks and parts. A piece of skull went... How 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 high? Three hundred feet or something. It, it went four feet. It, the picture, the piece of skull is about four feet above Kennedy's in where, the, in where, the, where the top of his head was. Right. Yeah, and it went like three hundred. A kid found it days later. In the, yeah, in the yard or in the grassy area. They're like, holy shit, uh, this might be um, pertinent to what just happened here a couple of days ago. So. And he says, like, you know, he goes, if you get shot in the head like that, he goes, your your skull doesn't, it's a, it's a lockbox, he talks yeah. about. It, it explodes in a way because of the pressure, and it destroys the it, it destroys the bone. Yeah, the, it, it has nowhere, the brain right. has nowhere to go. So think it, about a hard-boiled egg, and when you crack in the shell, and you're getting ready to eat a hard-boiled egg, and you do that cracky thing, yep. that's what happens under our skin when you get shot in the head. Yeah. And so that's kind of what was going on. But... All in all, day one, day two was was awesome. You and Mark both did uh, did a phenomenal job so far. Day three tomorrow is we fun. Day three we're doing uh, mover. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're doing a mover. We're going to do uh, dip into a little bit of positional stuff, which I'm excited about. Yeah, I want to do the positional with the mover. Yeah, that yeah, me too. I want. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about that. So we're gonna have a good. We got time. a little blink troll. Uh, we brought down from uh, Alaska. We're gonna we threw a clothesline across the range and um, we're going to run the blink troll got a little six by nine target we'll throw on it and and we'll do some good stuff and we'll do you know we'll do mover steel mover steel mover static you know that kind of stuff and then we'll do alternate movers and we'll we'll just let the troll run man and we'll just whack it it's gonna be fun and uh so what what have you what what have you kind of what's your 
I guess, overall perspective of this class so far? Oh, we love the class, man. We love the dynamic of the class. We look at the relationships. You know, we look at how the, the, the student-wise as far as, you know, did we make money this class? Yes, we did. We didn't have to work too hard. You guys didn't need a lot of effort. You know what I mean? Um, so when that happens, the thing is the, the, the student dynamic and everybody's getting along, everybody's participating, and you're not having the couple who disappear or go off by themselves or, or not really, you no know. clicky. Yeah, Nothing a little clicky. clicky. Yeah. Um, we all, every, there's not a person that I, in this class, that I wouldn't love to sit there and drink a fucking case of beer with. Right, right. And, and that is what, that was like one of the best things, you know, what he said when we got in the car was like, wow, these guys are really all good and good dudes and great time and yeah, everybody's good and, you know, and he and that's a big thing for him. Where me, if this was just me doing the class, I'd be in my room. We'll go eat. I'm out. I'm here. You know, I'm gonna be me. I'm gonna be by myself. Right. But when we do classes with Mark and everything, Mark's social. Yeah. I'm a lot less social than he is in a lot of ways. But um, so you know, there's meet and greets before. Mm. There's your you know he considers breakfast in the morning part of the class. Yeah. He considers. <laughs> I missed breakfast yesterday yeah. because I didn't sleep the night before at all. I took a but he, thirty he, minute cat nap in the truck in the parking lot at the restaurant, and I felt like a million bucks when I woke up yeah. as much as I could. But, but he considers like we 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 all meet in the parking lot at seven thirty outside in the hotel because he wants everybody to stay in the same place. Mm -hmm. And you know we we meet in the parking lot in the hotel. We all go to breakfast, and then we all go to the range. Which when I worked. Even my rifles only. You never hung out with students like yeah, that. Yeah, it was instruction. Yeah. And and then, it. yeah, because I lived on the range down there or something, if students stayed on the range, yeah, I bullshit a little bit because I just want to, but I go in my room, I'm done, man. Leave me alone. Yeah. You know, but Mark, he'll stay out until the last guy wants to stay, really. Yeah. Other than, you know, having to work. But, um, yeah, so he, he looks at it, and I think this is what impacts the class, is that breakfast is an event. Yeah. You know, the class in the shooting is an event. Dinner is an event. Yeah. You know? It's all part of how oh, much you're this, paying for. Right. I mean, and I, look, I really think that adds a lot to it. Mm -hmm. um, it it, it kind of makes everyone feel almost like a team. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like we're in a team doing this all together. Well, you together. hear cheerleading. So what? You hear cheerleading down the yeah. line. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And because everybody's friends now. Yeah. And that's what I like about the meet and greet the night before is that, well, day one, we already kind of knew each other, right? right? So the, the relationships that, that are being built started before the first gun came out of a case. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, and it made the shooting more fun. I mean, I've been fucking bull, you know me, I'm a chatty Kathy social butterfly. I'm bullshit with everybody. They're all a bunch of cool people, and and I've I've loved. I wouldn't change a single person. No, in the man, class. I'm 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 really enjoying it, and and it makes our job easier, which is why we say we make money. When it's easy and it's fun, it's like you're not we're, really we're working your hard, right? Yeah, right. yeah. But we work. I mean, if if you needed that extra, you're getting it. If you right. don't need it, you know, we're not going to harp on you for no reason. But um, you know, we're just gonna let's come up with something new. Hey, what are we gonna do in this one? Well, these guys are doing that good. Let's go to something smaller. Yeah. You know, Todd, go take that plate off. Put a tiny one up there. I like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I like little small plates. And like. that's kind of like I like because um, this just happened this year, kind of creating the range and everything. And one of the things is how do we make up for the short range until they blow out the trees and, and push the, uh, the 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 distance further? Is the smaller progressive plates. I still want, I don't want you to hit 
a 66% IPSC five times. Right. I know you can. Or, you know, but so give me two on the 66er. Yep, you're waterlined. Okay. Now go to the 45er. Now go to the little bitty guy. And yeah. I like doing the progressive plates. And because to me, it also fine tunes your dope. Mm-hmm. I got you on the water line. I got you hitting the plate. Now let's go to the next smaller size. Because I don't yeah, mind. On your, on your wind as well. Right. But that's the thing. I, I don't mind catching misses on a big plate. So I want to catch a miss on a big plate. Fine tune you to the center. Bring you to a little smaller plate. Okay, what's going on there? Can you get the wind tune, uh, wind call fine tune? Now show me, go to the bit, little bitty plate. Right. And, you know, if I get you a hit on the little bitty plate, I know your dad is good. Yeah. That's a sub-minute plate. You just centered it, and you're not chasing it. You notice we don't let people chase them. Mm-hmm. And most don't need it. No. We, but the, we don't, we're not really sitting there really one going, miss, and yeah. then it was, boom, impact. Yeah. And, but even in tricky conditions, we normally don't let people chase a target like that. If, if you're, if you're going to change a mag, we'll come back to you. Cool your gun off. Something right. like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, 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 it's kind of like, nah, you're done. Let it cool off a second. We'll run the thing. I'll come back to you. We'll reset you. And fix you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, the, so, yeah, it, well, it's a great a, dynamic. That's the same concept of what you can do as a, a match director. You don't have a thousand. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. You can make that. You can make a match just as difficult, or maybe even more difficult, with a, a shorter range by the target mm-hmm. selection, the time, the make movement. Run. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. The, the movement. I mean, coming from the southeast, I've never shot a two-minute part-time match in my life. I've only shot ninety seconds, mm-hmm. and we'll be running for like the length of a long bed Dodge pickup from the hood to the tailgate to the ground, and in ninety seconds, ten shot. You know, so I'm used to running fast as. To my own dismay, I'm shooting fast. Even today, mm-hmm. I was shooting faster than I needed to or right. should. I'm just used to it. When you tell me go, if I'm on, if I hear a beep or whatever, I'm right. you know, even when I don't have to, and I'd be better off shooting slower. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just that's something I fight fight with. You know, just I guess a competition scar. Yeah, but it's it's not a bad thing because you're hitting. I mean, it's just you want to make sure you're following through and seeing the impact and making sure. I mean, when I'm in this type of situation, I want to make sure I see it. And in a comp situation, I might not. Or I might, you know, especially like if it's the last shot of that little spot, who cares? It's gone. I can't do nothing about it. So if I'm running to a stage that has three sets of targets, two shots on this plate, the first one, yeah, you want to see it. Second one, who gives a fuck? I can't do nothing about it anyway. And the wind call is probably has a good chance of being different as soon as you move anyway. Right. And so then first one I want to see it. The next one I I'm I'm leaving as that impact is ringing in the air. You know what I mean? Because I can't do nothing with hanging out with it. Other than burn up time. Right. And so um, you know, I I remember one stage at Altus um down there years ago it was a truck stage. It was the tire to the front of the truck to the back mm-hmm. of the truck. And really, it was, the, it was the first year when George got me the Six Creedmoor, their Gap team gun, and I was shooting with them guys uh, when I got back into it. And I remember going to that Gap team gun, and now I'm not shooting a match with it like an AI. Right. And I finished it. And it was a quick, friggin' crazy stage, like a 10-shot stage, and hardly anybody was finishing it. And I was like, wow, these fucking guns are fast, man. You know, because it was a, a six creed more. Yeah. And the first time I'm shooting a six millimeter was that gun. That was my first six. Oh wow. You know, in 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 that kind of stuff. So it's like, 
this thing's a little pop gun, man, you know, cool. And, and, and the team gun at the time was light. Yeah. It was only uh, that gun for me. Like 17 pounds? Uh, no, 10-7 with my Schmidt on it. Holy shit. That was pounds? when they were light at the time. That's when people weren't going heavy yet. Wow. You know what I mean? And it weighed 10-7 because... Um, 17 like, is light now. Yeah. Like Melissa Gilliland shot for them and she had a little lighter gun because the, some of the people were shooting a little lighter to go faster. Mm-hmm. Now they go heavier and we didn't have bags and game changers and tripods. You know, but it was a, it was a K and M Altus match. It was um, and and I shot the um the six Creed for the first time. Like I said, it was it was K and M. Yeah, it was K and M then. Yeah. Yeah, prior to when it was core and to Altus to tell you how far back it goes. Right. You know, but um, yeah, it's fast. Yeah, the game the game has pretty much turned into the name of the game is spot your hits, mm-hmm. spot your impacts, miss or hit, spot them. That's that is the well, name. Well, it's really of the- what you were saying today. The game is really the, the marriage of the bag and the weight of the rifle to sit where you need it to yep. and to conform to the prop in, the, in right. balance. Yep, to be malleable, to sit mm-hmm. to conform to whatever it's on because it's not always going to be uh, sideways, two by four. And, and, and really it's the least amount of support that you can carry. Yep. You know what I mean? It's yep. the simplest Solution, which you were saying, the gray ops with the Armageddon. With the, yeah, with the pad, the bag, the new right. bag. The I, no. I love it. I mean, because then I, that's also a time thing. I don't have to gun up, 22-pound gun up, bag up, bag down, 22-pound gun down. No, it's boom, pick it up, boom, pick it up, pick it up. And, you know, yeah. it's, it's... And that's the name of the game now is basically find the, 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 the least amount of stuff to take with you. And to just get the shots off in the most stable way by letting the gun do most of the work. Yeah. And if there's anything I want people to get from this episode with Frank is what we've seen in this class with rear bags. Yeah. The rear bags is a, you know, I've had a hard sell with people to tell them that your bipod's failing you. They, oh, they like, make fun of me because I'm the anti-Harris. I can show them they're out of square and all these problems. It's becoming almost harder, but not unless you come to the class to show you your rear bag matters. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got we got a lot of nylon bags out there. A rifle rest, a game changer, a fortune cookie, a pint, or whatever, is not a rear bag. Can you use it as one, as a compromise in a, in a match? Absolutely. You can use it all day long because you got to touch a two-minute plate. Yep. Right? So now we get them in class and they're showing up with a puff pillow is their rear bag. And what does it do? It bounces, it sinks, it shoots in their groups and their shit looks like shit. And they're not malleable at all to conform to the Then they show up with a game changer, full size. I mean, I'm finding the way I use it, not as a dedicated rear bag. A pint size. I'll use a pint size game changer as a rear bag and I think it's a good compromise size. That's the one I like. So I'm not going to use a full-size game changer as a rear bag unless it's like a one-bag stage and I'm going to run. I'll I'll carry a tab gear clipped on me Yeah. before I would use a game changer if I had a really kind of important prone shot type of thing. Yeah. But if it was a throwaway prone... Yeah. You got three... You got, out of, say, five positions, one of them is prone. Prone. The other one is off of a prop. And it's, you know, 600 yards or 800 yards. Yeah. And... Okay, I could use my game changer. But in class, I mean, and Mark's filming them now. This is going to come out. Mark's filming them in slow motion, what happens with these bags. And you're getting movement. Think about this. 
The difference between the front and the rear of a 20 MOA base is 11 thousandths of an inch. We went over this with, in with my class. numbers in the class yesterday, and it, I, it blew my mind. Okay. So. At the back of your scope, 11 thousandths of an inch gives you 20 inches at 100 yards. So if that rear bag is dancing around and not being supported properly and not giving it the right support, you cannot expect the accuracy, and we see it big time. And they'll sink in the bags, they'll do this, and normally, this. and, and David brought it up that we didn't do it this class, we usually travel with a shitload of rear bags, and this time I didn't do it. Um, if you come to Mile High class, there's probably eight of them sitting on the floor of the Connex that we hand out. You come to Alaska, and Mark's going to make you buy it. Right. But he's got well, a, You can walk away with one if you don't have one. Right. Mark's got a box probably with 10 or 12 in there, you know, and you can pick the right size. Finding the right size, the right fill, and I was telling you guys today, or yesterday too, with Precision Underground, that I think that kid has made me eight bags, if not more, probably more, probably 12, in the last three months. I've gotten 12 different bags, and some of them would be, all right, I want a half inch more over here, okay? Okay, I got the half inch more. Now take a half inch out of the fill, you know? Okay, I got that. Now make me one that's this tall, this wide, this, this, but make the straps a little looser because this big guy can't get his hand yes, in. They are, they tight. are tight. I've got one. I don't have big hands, right. but it's tight on my, my now, hands. Now, and it's too. like, okay, I like that. All right, that's good. Now I want it this wide, this tall, and this is where, and it's funny because I, I noticed Mark and I doing it the other day when we were playing with some of these things. We're sitting there and we got like six rear bags around us and we're, both of us are like playing with it and like, okay, that one will work. Yeah, now, yeah. now this one's too square. I don't think that one, if I need something smaller, but it's like trying to find where's my bipod and where's my, where's my rear bag need to be. And you have to balance those two absolutely, um, for your body type one and for your rifle setup. You know, you, bipods are adjusted based on your body type and terrain. You know, if you notch out, notch in, whatever you have to do to move out. Well, you don't want to just crush down on the bag. If you have to move out, you don't want to just drop the back of the rifle onto the ground. No, you you want to pick the bipod up the and then balance it with the bag because that recoil pulse changes. Yeah, so the goal is to keep the rear bag the same if by, as far as the same relationship by altering the front, raising right. the front. That way, like, you're not angling that rear bag down, and now that's different than what you've been doing. That's yeah. different than what you were doing at your 100-yard zero. You know, so so you're lifting that bipod, I mean, that, yeah, that bipod I mean, up. Understand this context, guys. We're teaching a precision rifle classes. Fundamentals. I'm not teaching you compromise. I'm trying to teach you best practice. And what I tell people is this is a foundation. What house you decide to build on top of that foundation is up to you. I'm giving you the straightest, squarest, levelest, plumbest, whatever you want to call it, foundation I possibly can. If you want to put a three-gun house on top of it and go shoot three-gun after, great. You want to put a PRS house on top, go shoot PRS. If you want to put an ELR house on top, go shoot King of Two Mile. But I'm giving you the tools for best practice. So I'll tell you the compromise. I could show you the compromise. 
I'll explain the context of compromise, but we want best practice. Well, you're not you're not going to teach that as general practice, yeah. as general rule. That that's going to be this is the exception over here for these exceptional times. This is what this now on to, day three with the Birkin stuff. Yeah, you show people tips and tricks. Sure, yeah, but you know, this but, is the the right. way. If if all else is the same. This is the way you want it to be if you can help it at all. I mean, think about, and you saw it today, um, and some plates look different than others, but think about, like, the 200-yard plate was a little messy, the three, but then when we got out and everybody's comfortable now and shooting, how out of a 13-person class tight some of those groups were, where Gen, there's still three-quarters of the paint on the plate. Jen produced, I think, about a, about a three inch group at like six ten, like she. I mean, mm-hmm. it was super. But I mean, overall, when the when we move in yard lines, in some of the plates, like the, like the first plate that I use, not the little ones that get eaten up immediately. I'm talking those sixty six percent Yeah, There's so much paint, paint on, on it. I said to you, I said, dude, give it to me in the clean spot because the water line got eaten up on the right a little bit because yep. the wind was blowing people just enough. I said. Dude, just move me, move me over to the left to the clean spot. And I remember telling you, because I knew you could do that, no problem. And there was probably, like, on this 66% Ipsic, like a six-inch little half-moon circle. And David's able to stack it right in there. And it's like, give me that clean spot over there. So instead of everybody just putting them in the same black spot. But look at a piece of steel. Let's say the same piece of steel, same yardage at a competition. Yeah. Paint's gone. It's fucking squad one. <laughs> squad one's gonna... done. done. That's it. It's a yeah. wrap. The bitch is black for the rest of the day. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's yeah. You're right. If we when when you're keeping the fundamentals at the forefront of your mind, that's what you get. Yeah. You get these thirteen, fourteen shooters producing fourteen little small groups on a plate or in the same exact spot. You got all this paint everywhere. It's still that you know because we're waterlining you. We're and I'm bringing you to center, man. I'm trying to do best practice with guys, and and I get it, man. Hey, man, I'm older. I'm busted up. I, I, I can, I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna go. Even if I wanted to, I probably wouldn't go light the PRS on fire tomorrow. Even if I went home and just said I'm just gonna practice and just shoot that comps. I'm not gonna teach for a year. I'm just gonna go shoot comps and practice. I probably could do really, really, really good. Not because I'm a little shorter. The props don't fit me right. So I'd always have to, for me, a PRS match is nothing but adaption. All I'm trying to do is adapt my body to their prop. Okay. And I, you know, I have say on their prop, but I don't always have say on where I'm going to go. Because I might go, I'm never going to shoot off that. I'm going to shoot over here in the real world. You know what I mean? But for me, it's 100% adaption because things don't fit me as well. I have to compromise in a negative way, it's easier for you to get a little shorter. It's harder for me to get taller. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? And so that becomes a, an issue that I, I look at in context. That's well, me. another thing to look at, too, is uh, Mike Krzyzewski played basketball, but he was never as good as a tenth of the players he's put through his school at Duke, mm-hmm. Duke basketball. He was probably pretty good. But I promise you, when he at his best day, he was good. But guess what? That's the most knowledge. I, I can't fucking stand Coach. I'm a Carolina fan. I can't fucking stand Coach K. But Trill recognized Trill. He's the best coach in college basketball mm-hmm. in history. Yeah. Nobody has been better than him. Phil Jackson was never as good as Michael Jordan. And and I could cherry pick stuff. I could probably I I could put myself in the top ten all the time. I could cherry pick events that I know will be a little more balanced to suit me. 
you know, and, and things like that. But it's like. But yeah. maybe, look, I did take the guy who may won the match and tell him to go take 14 shooters out there and completely, someone who's probably their, maybe their first time shooting a center fire rifle mm -hmm. and go get them squaring up thousand yard, maybe three quarter, half minute targets at a thousand. Let's see him do that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's. Um, yeah, I'm staying in my lane right now. You know what I mean? I, and I do compete. I go out and do it for myself. But I mean, like I tell people on my podcast and all this stuff, I'll go to the local match and, you know, 10, 12 stages. I'll shoot nine, three o'clock comes. I go home. It's like yeah. Three, oh, yeah. three o'clock. I'm going home. Yeah, Frank, got two more I love, stages. I love one day. Yeah. There's no pressure. It's fun. And I don't say anything. I, I don't even want my name on it. I don't even care what my score is, really. I just want to do it for me. So, I mean, one of the last ones I did, I did it with an RPR and 223. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I top 10 it. Yeah. And it's like, I don't care. But I didn't even shoot all the stages either. Yeah. And I normally will be in the Especially top. Especially at rifles only. You're, you're like a little butterfly going around, shoot this one. Yeah, I'm like, oh, fuck it. I'm not going to shoot that stage. Nah, I, don't want to <laughs> I, well, my, I had a problem with a thing I was playing with. And I was just there to clear my head. I didn't even, I didn't shoot all of it. And I just played around with some shit. Um, I was just going down there to get out of my dad passing away and all that stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean... It, it, it's like I go home. I'm like, oh, three o'clock. I'm going home. We got our ride. Yeah, yeah. you got out of it what you wanted to, yeah. which was was yeah, fun. Happy. You know, like you said, the, the, the playing the game. That's you know, it's mm -hmm. great. Well, Phil uh, Phil Vallejo came and and stayed with me and shot a match last year. Um, you're gonna have to do the same. You got to come out North Carolina. Dude. Okay, yeah, you got to come out North Carolina. I can try that. And uh, and you got a you got a place to stay. Everything's covered. Got to... we're, we're gonna. You know what? We we got a traveling trip coming. I ought to see if there's a gap because we usually like we had the four days in Dubuque and we did days in Sturgis and Deadwood because you know we didn't have to be in Minnesota till a certain date. I ought to find a way when we do this swing. Like if there's a couple days between events. Yeah. If there's a match that weekend, dude, go do that. Set, yeah, um, as soon as I get any type of like, because like the Guardian, we yeah, always, Gary we stuff. Always, I love Gary. Man, yeah, we, I was just absolutely. at the match two weeks. Dude, I would ago. shoot a Guardian in a minute. I, I didn't shoot it because I wasn't supposed. I wasn't sign up because I was supposed to be at a concert and uh, I didn't end up shooting it. I didn't end up going just to watch Jeff and CL shoot. I was playing. I was fucking drinking. Dude, I came in twelfth on that one with the Valkyrie gas. Yeah, the gun. Valkyrie gas gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. wearing yeah. high heels for four stages. Right, and what, weren't you shooting that uh, American Eagle shit in it? Yes, the the fucking cheapest shit. It's like six dollars a box. Yeah, seven ninety nine. Yeah, seven ninety nine a box, and it, yeah, you came in tenth. So that's awesome, but. We have them every year um, mm -hmm. at my home range of Frontline Defense. Um, that would be a perfect. Yeah, that awesome I would go match. to a Gary in a minute. Yeah, you got to come. Like I said, everything you got to place today, brother. Cool man. Well, cool. look, I've super. I've, yeah, we got to jump in the shower. We got to yeah, go eat. Yeah, shit, shower, shave. I, I've really enjoyed the class. Yeah, it was a good time, man. Conversation, dude. So anyway, appreciate it, guys. Y'all, uh, y'all got a good one today. So um, we'll catch you next time. All right, cheers, dude. All right, let me send this to you.